0: It's not like I can remember a specific (laughs) example where I was Mm -hmm. doped up on Fendermine and banging. Uh,
1: We're also going to give $100 off your first order. So when you sign up, start with us, whatever that first order is, you'll get $100 immediately uh, off of that at that moment. This is the TRT Community Podcast, where we discuss
0: all things testosterone. What's going on, guys? I'm Brandon, host of All Things Testosterone, founder of the TRT Community. We are the world's largest support group for men and women undergoing or considering undergoing testosterone replacement therapy. We've got a Facebook group. We've got a website. You can check those out, facebook.com slash group slash TRT community or www.testosteronepodcast.com. There you will find uh, peer support. You'll find basically patients helping patients. On the website, you'll find some uh, literature, uh, tips and tricks, uh, documents like that. You'll uh, be able to find a doctor that, uh, that we have vetted that is going to treat you right. Uh, today on the podcast, we're chatting with Ken, founder of Matrix Hormones, We're going to talk about things like uh, TRT and constipation, uh, oral testosterone, TRT affecting your skin or your face, aging you specifically, high hematocrit, um, optimizing pregnenolone, and uh, and also me. I've got an update with, with my treatment. Ken has been the first physician that's been able to optimize my numbers, so we're going to talk about that a little bit. Looks like he's in the waiting room right now, so I'm going to pull him in and we'll jump right in. Hey, buddy.
1: Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? Another beautiful day in paradise.
0: <laughs> Good. So, first thing I wanted to talk about is um, is just my numbers, and I don't, you know, I don't want to put you in a position, but I can speak freely about my treatment, right, with you on Absolutely. the line. So, yeah, you're, if you're
1: if you're speaking about it, I can speak about it with you. Yeah.
0: Got it. So, you're the first uh, provider that's been able to optimize. My numbers, and you know, I've I've talked to you before. I I was taking three hundred milligrams a week years ago, and still didn't have a trough of what was it recently? Like in the seven or eight hundreds,
1: close to eight. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I appreciate that you've done a good job with me.
1: Well, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little wore out, but uh, <laughs> you have been a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I- but you got there. But besides being close to eight hundred, you're free testosterone. Was good also. Yeah, that's very. Even though you had high SHBG, yeah, higher.
0: <laughs> yeah, so so talk about that uh, because you know a lot of the guys are still under the impression that you know SHBG is is really related to the free testosterone. So why is that?
1: It is, but there's a lot of emphasis that guys put on it that. I really don't. And SHBG, in case somebody doesn't know what we're talking about, is sex hormone binding gobulin. It's a gobulin or protein that binds to sex hormones. So the way it's supposed to work is you have a sex hormone that goes high. Your brain identifies it. It releases this gobulin or protein. It's a dumb soldier. It doesn't just attack the one that's high. It attacks all of your sex hormones. So the theory is, is if your sex hormones or your SHBG is high, your free testosterone is going to be low, and if your SHBG is low, your free testosterone is going to be high. I give it a 50-50 on the way it works, and people's like, well, that can't be. Yes, it can, and you're the perfect example of that. Um, it's the way the actual protein reacts with our testosterone molecules. Uh, some people it binds better to. Some people
0: it doesn't. Uh, uh-oh. Hang on That's just a sec. Good. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry about that. My neighbor was trying to give me some mail, but it sounded like he was beating the house down. In fact, I thought somebody ran their car into the corner of my house or something.
1: Well, you have an inexpensive alarm system because yeah. I would have been scared to come in with that dog. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, there's there's three of them around here somewhere. Uh, okay. Oh, <clears> Okay. <throat> anyway, so... So essentially what what we were saying is, you know, and I've been guilty of this too, and I've even spoken about it on this podcast about the logic that, you know, have, if you have high SHBG, you need to take uh, take a massive dose, one dose a week of testosterone. If it's low, you can get away with the multiple smaller doses throughout the week. But that's not the case. And you're saying dumb soldier.
1: Yeah, it, it's a dumb soldier that attacks all your sex hormones. Let's just say your estrogen was high, um, y- y- your brain sets this binding gobulin off. It just doesn't bind the estrogen. It will bind all of your sex hormones, testosterone, progesterone, and things like that. Um, you know, because some people say, well, hey, if you have a high, uh, sex hormone like estrogen, it's a good thing. It's trying to protect you, but not when it's binding all the other ones that are good. The problem is is the way it attaches to the testosterone molecule. There's some other factors that get in there, but um, everybody is unique and different on that. And like I said, I would give it a 50 50 as far as the SHBG, how it affects somebody, meaning how accurate it is. You know, if you didn't have a free testosterone and you just looked at that, you would say, oh, Okay, he he must have a low free testosterone because his SHBG is high. Yeah. You're taking a 50 50 guess on it. Um, you know, to me, as long as I have the free testosterone, that's all that's important. Yeah, uh, naturally, if your free testosterone is low, what are we going to do? All the same things we would do for SHBG because it does other things with allowing you to free up those testosterone molecules. Uh, some of those are. Uh, boron uh, is the most popular, but getting your vitamin D up, um, zinc uh, is very good. Raising your testosterone levels, you know, because some people say, "Oh, well, I'm only 400. Look how low my free testosterone is." But they don't realize the process of taking TRT and raising that number. The way your body processes it, a lot of times, the free testosterone will come up uh, on its own.
0: Okay, is there any is there any marker that you can look for to determine how the SHBG may affect somebody's free T?
1: Not that I know of. Just kind Nothing of a that- shot in the dark. Yeah, it, it really is. That's why I tell guys, don't put as much emphasis on it. Don't chase it as much. You know, if somebody's like, oh, my SHBG is, is slightly high. I got to take all of this stuff and do all of this stuff. If your free testosterone is high, why, why do you care?
0: Yeah. If
1: it's binding your estrogen, that's not a bad thing. Um, so uh, I don't put a lot of emphasis on it mainly look
0: at what the actual free hormone is itself gotcha okay and that's yeah that's good to know and if they're still not following what we're saying i am one of those that has the high shbg but i'm doing well on three injections per week which is Mm kind of opposite of what you know everybody tends to think so i've got this question here um i can't remember who sent this one in but this is this is not my question this is from a, a listener Assuming you're taking in plenty of water and fiber, and have a clean diet, and he went he went into detail about his diet, but it you know looked great. Uh, could TRT cause constipation issues?
1: I don't believe so. Usually, it can help it because it, uh, most of the time TRT speeds up your metabolism, which can help with constipation. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're all different on the way we process and our metabolism. Everybody goes for water and fiber which is great. But magnesium is so important um, to the bowel movements. uh, Probiotics, extremely important. You can do all the other things. And if you got bad uh, uh, stomach bacteria and gut bacteria, you're going to have constipation. So for me, whether it's it's a male or female, it's high amounts of water, fiber, magnesium citrate, and uh, a good probiotics. Um, I would say those are the good four bases of of trying to deal with constipation. And women uh, suffer from constipation a lot greater than men do. And most of the time, you can get them moving regularly with that combination. So with men, you should be able to. It's a lot easier.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned metabolism. I get that question a lot, too. Do you you know about the specifics of why? The question that, that I get or I see in the group is, you know uh, TRT alone, diet and exercise the same, will I lose weight? and for me, that's true um, but I've never I don't know the science I don't know how to under, you know how to explain that. can do you know why TRT speeds up your metabolism?
1: In the sense of when you help one part of your body, it helps another. Um, so you're going to usually get a little boost on your thyroid. Um, but the other part of it is you're building using more muscle or holding on to more muscle. Um, muscle burns fat. Uh, so you, you get a little more conversion there. And that's the uh, kind of a part of the process of the metabolism um, speeding up and going. Now, you'll hear somebody say, well, wait a minute. I went on testosterone and I gained 10 pounds well the first thing we all say well it could be water weight yeah. you're just adjusting um but a big one that i found is we start feeling better testosterone starts creating that metabolism process what happens we want to eat we want we unconsciously yeah. start eating more um, that we're actually we don't realize we're putting on that weight somebody thinks well i'm going to eat two thousand more grams of protein protein is good protein is going to convert to fat Unless it's something being done with it, and and it's a calorie intake, caloric intake. So, um, it's all the pieces. There's no easy solution or silver bullet. Even though I will tell you, I do have patients that are that like I really didn't change anything. I started my testosterone. I'm 30 pounds lighter three months. That's not the common, but it does happen. (laughs) Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, there was a post in the group the other day that was essentially that. You know, one month in, I'm from a double X to a single X T-shirt. And I haven't done anything differently.
1: Well, (laughs) we had to check to make sure there's nothing else wrong with this. That's that's pretty quick in a month.
0: (laughs) So I was approached recently um, with or or about oral testosterone, the specifically Mm -hmm. the methyl testosterone capsule. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with that? Is there it's FDA approved? Is it good? Is it hard on the liver? Does it work? What's the deal?
1: So FDA approved. As you know, there's tons of things that FDA approved that can kill us yeah. uh, and that are not good for us. Uh, when it comes to testosterone uh, and estrogen, if, if it's a woman, listen to this, testosterone and estrogen. Uh, I would never take orally. The amount of side effects go through the roof, uh, the risk factors, uh, liver, uh, colon, intestinal and stomach cancers. Just all these things go through the roof. I would not recommend it in any way, shape or form. Um, you know, I, I prefer the injectable over most, but some people the creams work really, really well. Uh, so I would say the injectable and cream would be your your best route. I would avoid yeah. those. Progesterone is different. Progesterone you can take orally; it's very safe, no impact on the the liver.
0: Yeah, and, and you know that's essentially that was that was my take and that was my response. Uh, and I don't I don't want to say too much, but I basically the way I understand it, the Profit margins on the capsule are way absurd. So for the clinics to not be prescribing a capsule, it kind of is a red flag to me. And it says, you know, that's not the way to go. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the only thing that has a bigger profit margin than those type of capsules is pellets. Yeah, yeah. Pellets, is, is you're not paying anything for those pellets. But the amount of money you're paying is all for the time that position that 15 minutes he took yeah. uh is pure profit right. it's pure profit that's why the pellets have exploded and they're pushed so heavily i don't care for him because of the spikes up and down and and having you know to have them insert it constantly the cut the scar tissue the possible infections uh, in men we have to use a big you know packed i would say multiple pellets um so i just don't like i don't like them for men at all women i still don't like them but men is
0: just horrible yeah and, and you know a more concise way to say that um, what i was saying is that if matrix hormones is not prescribing pellets or capsules oral testosterone at you know 10x profit then don't do it because if it was worth doing you guys would be doing it you know all the other clinics would be doing it if it's not something that, that they're doing
1: Oh, yeah, and it's actually, for those capsules, is probably like 25x profit.
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> <Yeah>. ridiculous. <laughs> it's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about TRT or testosterone aging your face and or skin? Is that a thing?
1: No, it's actually the opposite. It's anti-aging. That's been very well proven, very well studied the last 20 years for a lot of different things and risk factors in your body to slow aging. Um, what you have to be careful with is uh, we as men, we're always told how estrogen is bad for us. Estrogen is bad, it's bad, it's bad. Um, So a lot of guys on testosterone will suppress that estrogen. The main component in our skin and our bones is estrogen. Hmm. Uh, When you see elderly people, especially women, who are slumped over and slouched, it's osteoporosis. That's the leading cause for osteoporosis in females. When you see an elderly person with very thin skin, you can almost see every blood vessel and vein, and it looks aged. Low estrogen. So, you know, can estrogen be through the roof, be dangerous? Absolutely. My cutoffs are not what you see on the labs at 39 or 42, unless you're having symptoms. Don't get me wrong. Um, But you need estrogen. You can't. There's a lot of these clinics. I I don't understand it because they don't know how you're going to convert estrogen. Let me put it in your testosterone. Let me start you on it. And or there's some doctors believe I'm just going to bottom out as estrogen, even though, you know, some guys will get bad symptoms from it. Some guys won't. The guys who don't get symptoms from it, those are the ones that are the most dangerous because they're walking around aging themselves and raising their risk for osteoporosis so yeah. um that's what I would consider is hurting the skin, not testosterone if anything it's it's anti aging
0: okay yeah, I saw another one of those, and I haven't seen this in a long time, but I saw another post the other day or maybe it was an email. Where the clinic or doctor, the very beginning protocol was uh, two hundred milligrams testosterone a week and one milligram anastrozole three times weekly, so three milligrams a week. And five or six mm. years ago, I used to see stuff like that all the time, but now it's much more rare. You know, I guess more doctors are catching on to the fact that you know, if any three is way too much. But oh. yeah, it was another would- one of those. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah.
1: But that guy had a research study
0: so. yeah, right. uh we've we've gone over as our uh, hematocrit quite a bit, but besides donating blood, what's the best way you can manage high hematocrit symptoms specifically at higher altitudes? I don't know if that would affect it or not
1: it would um, uh my biggest problem are my patients in Colorado for two reasons very high altitudes and they don't have a lot of outlets for blood banks for getting rid of the blood or dumping really? the blood if i therapeutic uh, therapeutic phlebotomy draw a script staying extremely well hydrated all day long along with good amounts of electrolytes if they're not taking any other medications they can use a grapefruit extract or some type of flavonoid that's a byproduct of it what's a uh,
0: flavonoid
1: flavonoid is is part of it you see them in uh polynoids, which come from plants, but um, they're like a fragment of the grapefruit that does some of the same thing you're seeing. In this particular case, that fragment is the main fragment that concentrates on trying to keep your hematocrit down. Um, It has less side effects than taking grapefruit extract, not quite as effective, less side effects, but I urge anybody who's taking grapefruit extract or wants to take that to keep their hematocrit down, which it can help, um, be very careful because it's one of the main ones you'll see. A lot of people come into emergency rooms, and it usually the biggest one we've seen it with was Cialis and Viagra.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: you're coming in with a two day erection. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, It it amplifies a lot of things, blood pressure medicines, cholesterol medicines, even certain other supplements, just regular supplements it conflicts with. Mm -hmm. So always you can go online, you can cross-reference these things to make sure whatever you're taking. If you're not taking anything, that's fine. But, you know, a lot of times we forget, oh, I'm going to take something now. Mm -hmm. Always remember what grapefruit extract or some type of flavonoid from it. There's a few different ones out there. Um, To be aware of that, be careful.
0: You know, this is something that I don't know if it's, if it's talked about enough, the, the grapefruit, the, the contraindications there, I had no idea six, eight, nine years ago, however long it was, and then somebody brought it up uh, at some point and I just thought, well, that that's absurd. What are you talking about? You know, you can't drink grapefruit juice, but then I've spoken to doctors since then that just the juice itself, you know, in an older patient, they'll say, hey, just avoid it. Don't drink grapefruit juice because if you're mm-hmm. taking any medication, you know, whatever, it, it's going to, nobody, nobody taught, we don't talk about that enough that can really no. mess you up
1: so grapefruit juice juice is not as powerful as the extract mm-hmm. but with an elderly person they're much more sensitive to things and yeah. it affects them more so let's just say that that person is taking their blood pressure medicine they don't think of it oh, i'm going to have me a big you know 12 ounce glass of grapefruit juice they can increase the potency of that blood pressure being more sensitive to it but also a little blood pressure drop for you you don't notice anything next thing they know they're on the floor
0: yeah
1: um so it is something to be uh, careful with um, as far as that goes. It is very something to be careful. I just don't think of it as a supplement. Think of it as a medication. It conflicts so much.
0: Yeah. What about naringin? This question specifically was asking about: uh, is naringin proven to be any help in lowering hematocrit
1: That's flavor. That's the, one of the flavonoids. That's the Got main flavonoid of grapefruit. Um, is it as powerful as grapefruit? No, because it's a it's a it's a fraction of it or or a factor of it um is it quite has is the conflict quite as strong as grapefruit extract no does it work a direct answer to the question is yes it it can definitely help just also once again be careful with it
0: is it safer than taking the extract in in whole?
1: it is safer than taking the extract but it's also less effective yeah so it's kind of anything that's less effective is usually safer sure. um so you know Definitely, it's uh, that, you know, drinking plenty of water is very important. Donating blood regularly uh, if you're in an area where you can get a phlebotomy draw script from your provider so you can donate blood a little more regularly if you need to, uh, regular exercise. Um, also, there's been a few studies now that I've seen doing microdosing, um, the smaller microdosing, meaning daily, When in an insulin syringe. We're taking it all the way to daily now, but specifically doing it in the fat, reduces hematocrit by 13 to 15 percent or the conversion of Hmm. hematocrit um do i recommend giving it in your stomach i don't most people have problems i think you did in your stomach and didn't have problems for a while but uh you know just anywhere you can grab a piece of fat and put that injection in uh and the more regular you do it the more injections a week you can get a 13 to 15 percent people in colorado i would advise to do all of those (laughs) so it's it's pretty tough because when you see them in colorado taking nothing they're already almost high normal they're like they're sitting right there already
0: do their bodies not adapt living there
1: they do they adapt better so you know the thing with it is is then when they take testosterone though you say well hey they're going over the limit let's just say the hematocrit on this particular range was 51 i tell everybody you're a little over 51 i know i don't panic we just say hey let's be you know kind of proactive in keeping it from going too high mm-hmm. but I have cutoffs you know I don't like the sam because then people push the limits but uh <laughs> it, it's it's basically you have cutoffs just for anybody in general like if I said to you doesn't matter where you live this guy has a hematocrit of 16 or a hematocrit of 60 and a hemoglobin of 20 I think almost all of us would agree hey that's pretty dangerous yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. so uh yeah I, I for people in Colorado you know, exercising regularly, plenty of water, using a grapefruit extract if you're if you're knowing what medications you're taking, uh, and doing microdosing daily in the fat
0: can help. So and this is just I'm asking you to either speculate or let me know if you know of any studies, but if someone lived the first thirty years of their life of their life in Colorado and then, you know, maybe they were a competitive athlete and then they moved to Texas, would their I mean their hematocrit would drop substantially, right?
1: Over time, yes, but just with, with that, move
0: From that move
1: to yeah, Texas. Yeah, it wouldn't happen like in a week, but yeah. over time that would come down. Okay. Uh, you know, now the variable is you didn't say if they were on TRT or not. Yeah, if they yeah. weren't on TRT, it would come down. If they're on TRT, it might not. But if all of a sudden you'll start seeing them donating blood and it's like, "Hey, why is this situation getting better?" It's because of the altitude change. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, what about pregnenolone? What's the benefit of optimizing pregnenolone?
1: So pregnenolone itself turns into DHEA. It's like a precursor to DHEA without any of the side effects. Uh, DHEA, as you know, in your case, can, can give acne. It can aggravate acne. It can give you more oily skin. There's Not too often, but you'll get some patients who will have mood changes. They say they become very moody or aggressive or spaced out. So by taking preg- pregnenolone, you could optimize your DHEA. Or you could take, you know, up to 100 milligrams of pregnenolone, and then take, um, you know, low amounts of DHA instead of taking higher amounts. By the way, I, I hear this a lot of people saying, "Yeah, I'm taking 100 milligrams of DHA." They really need to look at some studies. There's a lot of studies come out when you start passing 50 milligrams of DHA. Besides side effect chances going up, uh, some cardiovascular issues and mm-hmm. some other issues that can come up. I I try to keep it under 25 milligrams. I definitely don't recommend over 50 milligrams, but using the pregnenolone first is a natural alternative. If you can't get the numbers up, then using low doses of DHEA to make it happen. Um, Very pregnenolone. you look at different labs and they're very vague with the numbers that you get. Um, I would say for me in general, you know, because we're always looking for optimal levels, I would say, you know, at least 75, are higher. Um, some labs go up to 150, 160. You'll see some labs, anything below 200, anything below 100. I, I would say, you know, somewhere right around there uh, is a pretty good number unless you're you're really pushing. If, if you have bad acne and you can't take DHA and you're trying to push that number, I would then push it to the very top to see what type of conversion you get.
0: Okay. Yeah. This fella said uh, he's at 22 for reference.
1: I would definitely push that up uh, but at the same time is does he have a dhea problem <laughs> you know if you're not looking at the dhea hormone his dhe hormone could be very much we see it's sort of with ferritin and iron because ferritin is kind of a storage or precursor to iron um if his if his dhea is way up there his body usually won't store as much pregnenolone and he doesn't need it yeah. but if, if the dha is on the bottom then yes you want to push that pregnenolone best as possible my little cheap alarm systems are growing <laughs> off You hear my dogs like are are much smaller though yeah. <laughs> yeah, <they're> much smaller
0: <laughs> um so i already mentioned once that you know i'm taking at this point 300 milligrams a week uh, i've done it before a lot of guys consider anything over 200 to be super physiological supra physiological, not TRT, you know, you get any, any mention of a, of a dose like that. And it's like, well, you're not on TRT. I've, I've all not, not always, you know, for the last six or eight years, I haven't, I haven't thought that way. Um, why, why is it that somebody like myself might require 300 milligrams a week to just trough in that seven, 800 range? What causes that? It's just
1: your absorption, the way you process it, can weight pay a part in it too and I'm not directing weight at you, but the, the when I say weight when you're looking at three hundred fifty four hundred four hundred fifty pound guys, yeah. they usually need more testosterone than one hundred and sixty five pound guys, but I have one hundred and sixty five pound guys, some of them on just as high, but in general, weight can play. Uh, an issue to it, uh, but it's just the way you process that testosterone and the way you use it. As far as being over two hundred milligrams, being bodybuilding uses or are, are not medical, that's that's absurd. Yeah, I mean, I've ha- I had a patient who was on three hundred milligrams and he was like six fifty. Is six fifty a bodybuilder? Of course not. <laughs> Bodybuilders are usually like four seven thousand. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's not about the amount you're giving. It's about what your labs are reading and yeah. what you actually are. Um, granted, I've never, I've never seen or heard or experienced a patient over 400 milligrams. I have some patients that come in and, say, oh yeah, my other doctor was giving me 600 milligrams <laughs> to get the levels that I needed to get to. And I'm like, well, what levels were you, you at? Because I, you know, it's probably well over 2000. Yeah. So I, you know, there's only a handful out of thousands of patients I have, um, maybe five that has to be between a 350 or 400 just to get to the same place you're at about 800 yeah. of usable testosterone. And we tried different blends, different oils, different esters mixes. It's just the way they are.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if you're still fatigued after you've got optimal, would you consider my, my levels optimal at this point? Well, that that depends on you do you feel optimal just the numbers i'll get to that part the numbers are optimal right In you know
1: the beginning stage of optimal yeah you're right it's within the optimal zones
0: so yeah i would agree with that and then you know like you're accusing me no i'm still fatigued i'm yawning right now during mm-hmm. this podcast it's nap time i'm tired what do you look at next
1: so you want to start eliminating all of the hormones, the easiest things, the most common things you find. You're going to look at the thyroid, the DHEA, cortisol. You're going to make sure you're using all of your testosterone, some essential nutrients like B12s and uh, vitamin Ds, coppers, and zincs. So you start going down those lists of things. Once you go through those lists of common things that you're going to check hormonal-wise and vitamin or mineral-wise, the leading thing I find is sleep apnea um and a lot of people don't realize uh, testosterone improves your sleep if you even had just the slightest or mildest sleep apnea in 30% of the patients testosterone can aggravate the sleep apnea and make it worse you can't say well i'm going to get off the testosterone and then i'm going to have all of these other quality of life issues you have to say okay i'm going to have to address the sleep apnea too now if it's you know obstruction like something with your nose if it's weight those are the things you want to work on uh, but usually most of the time it's sleep apnea and then after that you get into more of the rare things that you don't see as often Lyme disease lupus you know, Epstein bar just just more rare type diseases that you run into which is not often
0: yeah okay what does does shbg play a role in fatigue
1: only if it's actually affecting the free testosterone i mean if you're 800 of testosterone and only using 3 or 400 you're you're not going to feel good. So SHBG only has a tie-in as if it's actually affecting your free testosterone to make you non-optimal or low
0: on it. Gotcha, okay. And the last question I've got just popped into my head asking for a friend. Um, For a friend? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, half of a phenamine in the morning and half in the evening for two days and then the absolute worst erectile dysfunction no action at all the that second day is that related
1: it wouldn't be common at all and you can never say no because there's a lot of unknowns when you look up fentrami and you look up side effects um, it can have some impacts there but then there's this long list of unknowns because it affects people so differently Mm -hmm. Um, so it is it is possible it is possible i mean the best test is to just stop it and see if it comes back yeah, and my,
0: then yeah my buddy stopped it and had no issues. And also is that, doesn't doesn't it, have issues regular, you know, aside from regular, the, Yeah, yeah. 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 So
1: that's a sure sign that it was a and I wouldn't take that. He could try uh Fentrametrazine is a uh uh, alternative to fentramine. Mm-hmm. it pretty much does the same thing. It just does it in a different way. And some people, like some people, the fentobetrazine, they're like, "Oh, I get a reaction. Fentramine is better, or vice versa." Yeah. So he he could try that. We're gonna have a totally different experience.
0: So clearly, we're talking about me here. I've also taken fentramine in the past and had no issue with it at all. But this time, it was just just for two days, and then just nothing. It was so bizarre. Mm
1: that's unusual that you've taken something in the past and then take it this time uh and had a reaction like that so um it would be very uncommon it would usually say that something in you has changed since then to now that the fentramine affects you that way so now you're moving into more rarer categories that most of the time it's
0: we don't know okay maybe i'll try it again who knows it made my penis just feel less substantial, like uh, uncomfortably so, you know, like, where'd you go, guy? I
1: think that's more like a loss of sensitivity where you're just not feeling it there as much. Yeah. got to check, make sure. Hey, yeah, you still better, buddy. Yeah. The desensitized thing. Uh, same thing with the orgasm, this desensitation. What do we mostly see it in? People who don't use ATG. Yeah. When they're using testosterone, yeah. there's certain people with the hCG they'll get. Like, oh, I get delayed orgasms. They're different orgasms, desensitivities. I don't feel as much uh, erectile dysfunction, of course. So this is not affecting your testicles directly. It's mostly affecting your brain. So I'm, my assumption is something there is triggering this time.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Good to know. That's all mm-hmm. we got. Uh, you've got some some news from Matrix, right?
1: Yeah. You know, we always try to do stuff for the TRT community. We're very Thankful for your, you and the podcast and the TRT community and all the patients. And we always try to run. I think we did some giveaways you did for a while. and some different things. We always give a discount off the uh, initial appointments and follow ups So uh, starting with the broadcast of this podcast running through to, I think, November 22nd. It's right before Thanksgiving. Uh, we're also going to give $100 off your first order. So nice. when you sign up, start with us, whatever that first order is, you'll get $100 immediately uh, off of that at that moment. Um, just as a thank you, the holidays are coming up. We're probably going to run something else after that for December. Yeah. Uh, but this is the first thing we're going to do, just as a thank you to you and the community.
0: We definitely appreciate that. Um, I'll, uh, I'll mention that at the beginning of the, this episode as well as, you know, the next one, mm-hmm. if I end up getting one out before then, but, uh, just so they don't have to wait till the end to hear it and then definitely make sure people know, send out an email or whatnot. And you know, the only reason I stopped doing those giveaways is because Facebook was giving Facebook, me such a hard yeah. time. So I wonder yeah. if we need to pick those back up, but just have them be podcast uh, specific you know maybe we do some of them give them away based on the podcast listeners because Facebook really screwed that up I mean I got I got blocked mm-hmm. from Facebook banned from Facebook for like a week my, my personal account from that
1: yeah I mean maybe we can do the podcast and then I don't know how maybe they email into you hey I heard it on your podcast today and yeah and then, and, you know, I don't think they would block you if you announced, hey, I'm going to do some giveaways in my podcast because you're not saying what you're giving away, what you're doing, anything. Right. On the, in the TRT community in, in general.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, listen to my podcast for giveaways. I don't think Facebook should be able to flag you, but who, yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 but uh, yeah, you know, uh, anything we can come up with, is trying to come up with just as a thank you to communities. Uh, a great set of guys. Um, a lot of information it doesn't matter how long you're in this business how much you study i tell everybody we're all very different and unique and I, I learn from your guys sometimes there's there's things that i pick up like i'm not a specialist on hair and then somebody will ask me oh i'm looking for a good dht shampoo i'm like type it in trt community because <laughs> i've had some guys mention some great ones or acne washes yeah and uh it's just a wealth of information
0: yeah i appreciate that
1: thank you for listening to the trt community podcast you can find us online at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TRT community. This Valentine's Day, Duncan's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.